Welcome back to After the Smoke Clears, the podcast where we explore stories of resilience and triumph after overcoming adversity. In this episode, we are excited to be taking a trip down memory lane and talking about our childhoods. We've all prepared some facts about ourselves for a game of Two Truths and a Lie, Childhood Edition, so we'll see how well we can stump each other. After that, we will dive into some topics chosen by our listeners via Instagram. From the results of a poll on our story, we will be discussing the two most popular themes, childhood nostalgia and our struggles with discrimination and disabilities as we grew up. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at After the Smoke Clears Podcast to participate in our polls and questions. And in other news, we have finally made our first post on TikTok and we can't wait to be more active on there. So be sure to give us a follow at After the Smoke Clears to stay up to date with our latest video content and the Charlie Sheen impressions that we love to do, especially me. You wouldn't want to miss out. All right, so before we get into the topics for today, let's go around and say the highs and lows of our week. Yeah. So who wants to start us off here? I'll have some fun and I'll kick us off and everything. <laughs> go for it. So after talking to one of the gym regulars at the gym that I go and train at now, I'm proud to announce that I'm starting my very first like legitimately coached program on Monday. Sweet. So that was my high of the week. I'd say probably just the low of my week, which is probably like how hectic things are at work. Just because, you know, I go into work being the with the experience that I'm, that I'm at and like the motivation, the drive that I want to go into every day at. And then it's just like, it, it's kind of annoying, a little bit mind boggling when like I'm being moved around to so many different things. There's so many different little like micro tasks going on or going on our side that I have to give attention to or I need to go off. I have to go do a delivery. I need to go and help one of my coworkers out with something and then I can't focus on my like, one big thing. So mm-hmm. I'd say for me, that was, that's been a bit of my low point. Just not really feeling fulfilled at work. Um, for me, my high was, um, went to my uncle's house to help him fix a couple things and he let me ride on his electric bike that he just built and mm-hmm. it was just sick, sick experience. Like it's a front wheel drive. So like every time you're like taking a corner, you can just hit the accelerator a little bit and put yourself back up straight. Yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. That's pretty um, cool. And my low for the week is I pulled a muscle in my leg, falling down some stairs. So uh, it's been tough for me to drive at work. And um, the last couple days, it's been tough. And yeah, that's my low for the day. That soreness. Mm -hmm. That's painful. What, uh, which muscle in your leg did you pull? Honestly, I, I don't know. It's like the one Why on the front. Like, I don't know the name of the muscle. Like, but like the front of your calf and everything. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah. I forget what that one, what that one's called and everything. I just know that that's, so that actually is like just a part of your calf because your calf actually wraps around your shin as well. Yeah, it goes all the way down into my foot though. Well, I hope it feels better soon. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, I'll start out with my low. My low was the other day. My mom and I were just messing with my dog and. We like to like pretend like we're giving each other treats to see if she gets mad and jealous, and she does. And the other day, she just you know she swatted right at my face and she scratched my like right under my mouth. She scratched it open and it bled, and oh, now botch. it hurts and it's all oh, it's sensitive and been there. I'm, I'm mad at her, but at the same time, I did it to myself. You so. did do it yeah. to yourself, yeah. That's how animals. <laughs> you are. egged her on yeah. a little bit. And um, for my high, we made a decision a couple days ago to reorient our space of like recording and make it more of like a casual setting and like put some couches like i'm really enjoying it i feel a little bit more comfortable i don't know how you guys feel but oh yeah that's probably one of my highs too yeah i'm vibing with this <laughs> yeah, I, pers- I personally like it it's a little more relaxed here we got the we got the lounge chairs up here now yeah yeah you got the little couch right there scott's mm-hmm. got his chair i got mine and we yeah. can all just right we can all like lay back instead of like just sitting at like these di- like these dinner table chairs that's right it's not a boardroom it doesn't always have to be at least yeah exactly yeah. you know it's a nice spacing we got a nice view of richmond over to the left yeah yeah i'm yeah. liking it it's also cool because we're like we're like facing each other now so we can like yeah, we're actually, actually like, interact. I know. <laughs> I'm excited for us to be able to like film this in the next episode and have people see what we're talking yeah. about, but like coming soon. Also. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so now that we've done our highs and lows, I think we should get into our two truths and a lie childhood edition. Who wants to who wants to start? You want me to kick things off? I've I volunteer Scott. I volunteer Scott. Go ahead, Scott. Um, So, number one, 
Mm-hmm. When I was nine, I went on a baseball trip to Seattle and played a team my age. Um, and then we we got smoked. We lost by a lot. And then we went to a Seattle Mariners game. And I was like actually like on the field. And I got to like meet one of the players. And it was like really cool. Um, second fact. When I was eight, I got lost in Toronto airport on a layover flight to England. And they had to call my parents over, you know, like the PA speaker system. They had to call my parents to like come and find me because I didn't, I obviously didn't have a cell phone. Did you just walk away? I don't know. I was pretty young. So I think I just like, you were eight. I I, like was like looking at like something in a store and then like turned around. There was no one around me. And I was like, uh, mom, um, yeah, I just got lost. Um, number three. I threw up in the back of a car when I was seven in Mexico because I ate some star fruit and <laughs> I, I really don't oh, like no. star fruit and now I refuse to eat star fruit. Who would have thought star fruit's the, the Scott killer? <laughs> so star fruit, you went to a tournament, got smoked and then went on the Mariners field and what was the Toronto one? I got lost in an airport on a layover flight in Toronto, and then they, they had to call on the PA for my parents to come and find me. What did your coach say when you guys lost in Seattle? It was expected, because it was an American team, and Americans are like, <clears throat> they take their, their shit seriously. So you guys weren't upset or anything? No, nah, we were like, this is a good experience. Like, Why did you guys to get to go out on the field? Like, how did you get that opportunity for the Mariners? I was I was pretty young. I don't know. I think my my dad was the coach, so he like arranged something. What did you guys where, like, do on the field? We like walked out like right before they started playing in the first inning, mm-hmm. and like we stood beside one of the players, and then we just like we were like kids, right? So the the players were like way taller than us, and being like, "Hey, what's up, little man?" And so we like got to talk to them for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then. We, like, walked around the whole field to just kind of see, like, how big this thing actually is. And then, yeah, we watched the game after. Tim, why am I questioning him alone right now? Why are you, why are you not asking him no questions? I think Sam already knows. He's already, like... Does he think, like, think, this, is like <laughs> this is, like, those whodunits. Sam yeah, knows no, so fast. Yeah. Whenever, Do you know which whenever one I, Whenever I'm silent, I'm calculating all this shit. <laughs> okay, head. okay. So, yeah. Scott, Starfruit. Tell me about that. Um... Went to Mexico, and one of our day trips, we went to, like, a place in Mexico where they grew, like, fruit and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was just a star fruit, like, tree or whatever plant grows star fruit. I don't even remember. Right. And so I, like, took one off, ate it. Instantly, like, kind of started feeling like, oh, this was either bad or, like, I don't like this food. How old were you? Um, I think I was, like, seven, maybe, like, six years old. Like, really young. I don't okay. really remember that much of the trip, to be honest. But then we were, like, driving in the back of a... I was in the back of a car, and it was, like, a windy road. Mm-hmm. And then I felt that starfruit. Like, this was, like, right after the starfruit situation, and I felt that stuff, like... Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, Sam, I think you should guess first. I'm, I'm a little... I'm, I need some time to think. Okay, well, the council inside my head has come to a, has come to a decision on this. Okay. And that's that Scott is a liar about the airport because there's no way in hell your parents would lose a kid that fucking tall i was eight years old so like i wasn't like six feet tall but yeah but like you're eight I've years old you have pretty, no memory of where you were or like how far away you were from them i'm not gonna lie well like they just disappeared what do you mean like how far away they disappeared on you yeah i was literally in a store like looking at some stuff i mean they were probably like hey scott come this way and then i just there's a lot oh, of people yeah. okay the airport, you know what so. i'm saying the star fruit done sam what are you saying I'm still saying the airport. Something about airports and Scott don't seem to match up. All right, Scott. And I know it's going to be the first one. No, 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 Sam's right. Sam's right? I've never been to Toronto in my life. Not even for a layover. Sam, yo! (laughs) Yo, that was a lame high five, right? Yeah, Sammy always fucking knows. Yeah. (laughs) Why is this wild? No, the other two are true. No, that's fucked. Okay, well, Sam, you go next. Okay, I'll go next. Yeah, so my thought, my stuff for you guys are, um, number one, 
so I drifted and leaned. Like, you know how you see those videos of all of the guys in, in like, the trucks and, like, they're drifting it while the car is on a 45-degree angle and like, driving it like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did that to a forklift while driving it. When? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you. You have to I'm say, not, you have to I'm, say I'm not, details. I'm not giving you the lore. <laughs> that's, that's for me to know and you to find out. That's the game. How do I guess without details, though? What kind of forklift, forklift was it? Fuck if I know. CL800? What color is it? CL800. Mercedes? Yeah. <laughs> this was a How, Mercedes Why can't you say what age you were? How is that the line? Why would I tell you? Why is that the line? He'll tell you what color it is. <laughs> why is the age the line? It's the, uh, the color is irrelevant. It's just, did I do it? Okay, you know what? I moved to the next did one. I, did I, I do next. it or did I not? That's for, that's for <laughs> you to figure one. out. Okay, next one. <laughs> we'll ask questions after. Yeah, yeah we'll Let save them. them. My next one is that back when I was a little boy and everything, I used to go to these sailing camps in the summertime where I would just go and learn to sail, learn about ropes, learn about boat maintenance and everything. And I got to the level and I got to the level at a young age where they were recommending that I go into actually, actually doing it, like actually doing it competitively, like actually learning to race catamarans, race little, little sailboats and everything and like just legitimately do it. Where, where did you sail? Where did I sail? In the fucking ocean. Where else? No, but like what club? Like what? <laughs> what? Fuck, dude, fuck if I know. Okay. okay, next. I don't even remember. Next, what I, I don't even remember what I had. For, I, don't I, remember, I don't even remember what I had for breakfast, man. You expect me to remember shit from okay, like ten years ago? Okay, go next. 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 <laughs> yeah, and then my last one is that back when I was in swim club, I could hold my breath while swimming underneath the water for fifty meters without coming up once for air. All right, I could do what that too. What swim club were you in? CDSC. See how fast you knew that answer? You see how fast you knew that yeah, answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't know the sailing I, club, I but the answer. swim club. I, I have, have my answer, answer ready. I already I have, have it. My okay, answer. my answer is sailing. And my answer sailing too. Sailing? No, that was truth. <laughs> so then the last one was a lie. The fifty was it? meter. Yeah. Oh, I, he, I heard he, him talk about the drifting he of the forklift. Yeah, I've never, I've never, I've never. I was like one of the few kids in the club who never hit a fifty meter underwater, even with like, even with fins on, oh, shit. going underwater for fifty meters without coming up for air. I just wasn't. I, could, I, was, I just wasn't built like that. I think Fair I could enough. do that. Maybe I was doing the twenty-five meter, but I'm pretty sure it was fifty meter. I could because I I could do I can do twenty-five meter ones for days. That's I was we used to do that. It was easy as shit mm-hmm. for me. Like mm-hmm. back when my lug capacity wasn't high, yeah, I could just I could do it like for I could do it for multiple sets, multiple reps, and everything, and it wasn't that bad because I you know it's only twenty-five meters. Twenty-five meters of swimming is not a lot of is not a lot of swimming, mm-hmm. but when you double that and it's and it's fifty meters and it's at the end of your practice when you're when you're fatigued and on top of that like. You're one of the heaviest kids in the water. You're better at land at land stuff and lifting weights. You also don't care about swimming. Yeah, I'm not gonna try and go for that. I don't care. So, how did you not know where you sailed? Well, I, like it was was it Jericho? Was it Kits? What's it? Been? Yeah, it was that Jericho? So, that was my question. <laughs> I, I, so you I, did know. Should I go now? I didn't. I didn't know that was the name of the club. <laughs> well, I forget this kind of shit, man. That was back when I was 11. Fair enough. All right. All right, Kimberly, my go turn. Ahead. Yeah. Okay. So first is I was allergic to apple juice as a kid, but I loved it so much that I would just sneak it when nobody was looking. Mm-hmm. My next is that I used to call blue glue and glue blue. So when I would ask my sister for one, she wouldn't know whether to hand me a glue stick or a blue crayon. <laughs> the last one is I once destroyed a brand new flat screen TV by painting on it because I thought it was a canvas. I've come to a conclusion. Just right off, no, no questions. Um, Nobody got questions for me. I can tell just by looking at you. Really? I can see can, the answer. Can say, I can see the can answer you in your eyes. Say blue and blue right now, for me. I I meant like when I was a kid, I would confuse the words for each other. So oh. like I would say blue, but I meant glue, and like vice versa. What what TV was it? How old were you when you? I have on no TV? idea what TV was. It was a flat screen. It was expensive. It was big, bigger than me. How how old were you? I have no idea. Probably under five, maybe. What what color paint did you use on the TV? I don't remember. I don't remember them getting mad at me. My parents just tell me now because it's a horror story of theirs. They're like, we bought this nice TV and you destroyed it. Like we couldn't get mad at you because you were just a kid. You didn't know. But what were yeah. your what was your sister doing at the time? I, I don't I don't even remember doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she was doing at the time. All right, I think the glue and blue thing is a lie. Yeah, I'm gonna say the same. You're both wrong. 
It's the TV, huh? It's the TV. It was not paint. Yeah. I, I actually did ruin TV, but it was with crayons. Uh, Technicalities. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. What That's why first, I could tell the, the first story. one again. The first one was. I just believe. I was so allergic much. to apple juice as a kid, but I loved it so much that I would sneak yeah, yeah, it when yeah. no one was looking. And that's true. That. You told me that. Yeah, though. I was allergic yeah. to it when I was a kid. I would like itch and get rashes, but I didn't care because I was like, apple juice is gas. Like, yeah. When you said that, I'm like, that sounds like a Cameron kind of thing to do. The TV sounds like a Cameron and, and Bryson thing to do. For sure, for sure. No, me and Bryson are writing on walls. Yeah. <laughs> that was more our vibes. All right, so now that we've done the childhood edition of Two Truths and a Lie, let's keep the nostalgia going and talk a little bit about things that take us back to our childhood and being kids again. All right, guys. Well, now seeing as we're on the topic of our childhoods, hear me out. Webkins. Oh, my God. Uh, I remember I was that. never a Webkins. I, I was a club that. penguin. I had a few, you know what? I had a few Webkins. Was Webkins you even the same time? Had, you or Moshi Monsters web, or whatever. Web, you never no, had a It webkins. was Webkins. I but never had, had Webkins. But you had a digital fucking penguin. You like oh, Teddy Of course, because I had the puffs too or whatever, the puffles. You're like a teddy bear hoarder too. I was a too. mother, huh? You're like a teddy bear hoarder too. How do you not know about Webkins or like have any? I don't know. I never thought they were cute, so I didn't buy them. Like, I, I like, only liked teddy bears if I thought they were cute. I just didn't think they were cute. If I remember correctly, like, Webkins would, like, have a code that you could go mm-hmm, online. They did. And then there was, like, a game that you could play. They like, did. Collect did didn't they have those, like, huge eyes? Yeah. I don't like those on t- teddy bears. They freak Furbies. me out. Were those Furbies with the big-ass eyes? <laughs> no, no, wait. Furbies, Web- Web- no, Furbies are a different and... level of creepy. Furbies. Wait, I don't no, think Webkins had those big eyes. Right? Did they? What, Webkins, they were, Webkins were literally just animal or just animal plushes and everything. They made them. They made them pretty fucking cool and everything. But none of them ever had like the big like Japanese anime creepy like no, fucking yeah, um, right. plush eyes that you would see. The Furbies, they had them. Do you guys remember when there was like computer games that were like CDs that you would put into your computer when we were kids? Yeah, I remember that. Do you remember that, Scott? Yeah. Oh my! I remember like plugging in this Dora one at like our family home computer with like the you know the big box behind the screen and like. Just sitting there and playing all these Dora mini games, and like I would do like brain ones. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. It's such a different time. I played like Age of Empire and like Stronghold on like disc games. Those are like really complicated games, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys probably haven't heard of them, but no, I, I know I know exactly the ones they're talking about. Because <laughs> so you probably have. Oh, he has. Okay. <laughs> well, because well, because you know what? Oh I was God. for myself. I was never a PC gaming kid back when I was back when I was an adolescent and all that. I was always on the GameCube or the PlayStation 2, but mm. I do know the games that Scott's talking about because I do know about those older, those more older like strategy-based computer yeah. games. I've seen them and I've played like the newer versions of them, like whether they're on like game number three or four now. You know, when mm. I was in my teen in my teen years, I played them a little briefly with my uncle, yeah. but I know exactly I know exactly the ones they're talking about. Yeah, I had a lot of t- fun just yeah. like playing with friends or etc. Yeah, all that stuff was all that stuff was so fun in the game. Like I remember this one. I think it was called. I think it's called Red Red Alert. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Red Alert was? No, I've never. I don't think I've ever heard of Red Alert. Okay, so you know, you know, you know, do you know Starcraft? Yeah. Or like Warhammer, yeah, yeah, yeah. or like Warhammer forty, yeah. like forty. I know Starcraft. 40K. Yeah. So this game, Red Alert, was like the same style game. Like you're in kind of like a, an angled bird's eye view of all your troops and everything. You're mm-hmm. gathering resources. You're building bases. You're commanding mm-hmm. your troops. You're going on the offense. It's basically like a big, a big ass battlefield and everything. That's one of the games that I played. I never played StarCraft though, but I've seen some scenes from it. And it looks pretty, and it and it looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, do you guys remember like Farmville? I remember. I remember that. Like, <laughs> I remember Farmville on, on Facebook. Oh my god! I feel like that was like the one of the first like viral. All these things games. are coming to my head now. Mm. What about like Angry Birds? Yeah, Angry Flappy Birds, yeah. Bird or whatever. That yeah. that was a little one. bit later, but Flappy. What about Tap Tap Revolution when you were a kid? Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah. The little like. I don't know how to explain. You like tap on the. Yeah, like, you follow the song. Like yeah. it's kind of like a little mini Guitar Hero thing. Yeah. Oh my! Honestly, for me though, I felt like, video games wise, what I remember is like, my cousins. We had like the original Xbox, I think, or maybe the Xbox 360, and we would play like, WWE like SmackDown games. And like, all eight of us would like pile into a basement and like, we would just take turns on the remote to like. I would be Undertaker, my brother would be Ultimate Warrior, my cousin would be Rey Mysterio, like, 
we would just get into it, but like we got to take it away from us because we all go home and one of my cousins starts like doing the moves on my other cousin. <laughs> so my grandma's like, enough, like, yeah. this is, this no is too much. No like, more. But oh my God, that game was so fun. What like really changed video games for me was like the DS, to be honest, like the Nintendo DS. Oh my god. Because what was crazy was the fact that they had like a pen attached and you could like draw on the screen. Picto chat? Yeah. Yeah. Like they yeah. actually had like, I think for me at least it was the first form of touchscreen that what I'd seen. What was your seen. like game, go-to game oh, on like that? Pokemon. Like I don't know. There was so many different Did you games. guys ever do the cars racing one? Like the like Lightning McQueen cars racing one? Yeah. Oh, that was my jam. I remember getting in trouble so many nights. I'd like put my blanket over me while I was <laughs> me too. sleeping. Me too. Me too. And I would yeah. my mom would like hear the DS sound and I'd be like <laughs> just racing as Mater or whatever. And my mom just be, she'd you know, lift my blanket and be like, go to bed. I'm like, come on. like Just one more game. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm almost like, I'm winning, mom. You can't like, whatever. Hudson's going to catch up to me. Yeah. Oh. Or like even like all the Mario games, Mario Party, Mario Kart, Super Mario bros oh yeah. yeah plants versus zombies no did any oh of you, my gosh did, did any of you guys ever have the gamecube though no. my cousins did i always the played GameCube, on it yeah. it was so fun we did mario kart on it yeah. it was so or like was mario so, was so party on it mm -hmm. yeah That's back weird. back in the back in the day it was great because you know throughout elementary school for us the big like the big guys in the gaming industry it was still Nintendo. Nintendo was basically still at the yep. top for like for handhelds, for games, yeah, yeah, yeah. for what's for what's like you know for like their reputation, and everything for who they were. Cause they've been around for a long time. I think like Nintendo has been around since like the forties. I know, I know, I, I have no I idea. I know Nintendo is an old ass company. They've been around. For <laughs> Scott's a hot like nope. Yeah, Scott, no, I, Scott's, I don't know. I don't oh, know. I thought you said no. No, I said yeah, I don't and, know. Yeah, no, I have Scott, not. Sure. Scott's already fact checking that, so we'll bring, yeah, bring we'll it up in a check. second. Nineteen eighty three. Okay, so they haven't been around since the 40s. They've been around since 1983. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, still, it's still going on for a considerable amount of time. That's going on 1983. So now, at, so, now, so now they're at 40 years. So this year they're at 40 years and everything. So yeah. they like their tech was just amazing. Like the, uh, Their first device that I had was the Game Boy Advance. Like the little flip one that was in the square. It was, I remember that. It was perfect for gaming and everything. Everything just fit just right. It was ergonomic. I love it. Great for traveling. Mm -hmm. And then I got the, like the original, the, the original model DS when that one first came out. Mm -hmm. and that was great because i was playing on that one i was playing metroid i was playing i think i was playing i was playing whichever pokemon games i could because i don't i think i got the ds Lite when diamond when diamond and pearl came out those were mm -hmm. good games yeah and they were they just, they just had they just they just they dominated the handheld gaming yeah. in industry like the playstation portable the playstation portable could never yeah. I was just gonna say, did either of you have PSPs flashing forward? I, I did, yeah. Once, oh, once my I, brother did. I liked it. It wasn't it bad. Was fun, like, yeah. We had some nice shooting games on it. It was a lot of fun. Like I remember vividly just like sitting at restaurants with my parents and like other parents and we'd just be like on the PSP sitting there like Yeah. Mm. Oh, it was I, fun. I, I don't know, but what was your guys like favorite vi like your favorite like what could be now considered like classic video game on like your respective systems that you guys had? Like, what do you mean? Like, favorite, like... Yeah, like, favorite video game that you guys had on, like, your respective system that you were playing on. Like, whether it be Xbox or PlayStation, PC. And then favorite game within it? Is that what you mean? Or just favorite just, platform? Just the, just the favorite game and everything. For me, it, it, like, depends, like, when. Like, when I was younger, it was definitely, like, Game Boy, DS, and Pokemon. Always Pokemon. And then when I got into PC, it was, like, Minecraft... When I started getting older, more like shooting oh games. Oh my god, Minecraft, mm. I forgot. Yeah, Minecraft came out in like 2010 <laughs> oh or whatever. Me and my brothers would not talk to each other for days about TNTing each other's houses on creative and stuff. <laughs> like that would be a, yeah, no, for sure. Mm -hmm. For me, I think, I like, I loved the DS, the Game Boy um, early on and then... I mean, my family, we, yeah, we played, like, Nintendo, like, GameCubes and stuff like that, but my family was Xbox. We went Xbox as far back as I can remember. Like, we had the original Xbox, and then we had a 360, and I still have my 360 that I play, like, GTA 4 and, like, yeah. Bully and older games on. I, I like all the older games, so, I mean, for me, I guess my favorite would have to be a 360. I, but, I used to have a 360. And Bully and GTA 4 and 5. And, yeah. I mean, 5 is a little older, but... Yeah, like I used to have a 360 and newer. when I was like 
13, 14, 15, I would play a lot of, like, Call of Duty Black Ops. Yeah. So, like, definitely that, if you were talking about console games, I would say, yeah. like, Call of Duty. What about toys? Like, did you guys... Do you guys ever have, like, me and my brothers did the Hot Wheels and, like, the tracks that you could the build? Hot like, you remember, tracks. like, the blue plastic? Those, yeah. And you could, like, send your cars off them. You'd be like, shh, like, all that mm-hmm. kind of... Did you guys do that? I did, yeah. My main thing, my main thing back in the day was collecting the Hot Wheels tracks and putting them together and getting all the different cars. It was, uh, it was that and Nerf guns. Oh, my God. My brothers were so into Nerf guns. I was more into, like, Bionicles. Which are like little like figurines, and there's like a TV show. I remember them, yeah. Yeah. Did either of you like those Beyblade things? Yeah. Oh, Beyblade. Yeah. yeah, Back in the day, (laughs) those were cool. Yo, I would be. My brothers were obsessed. I would be straight ripping that shit out my out my out my little siblings (laughs) and everything. I'd be ripping it everywhere, just having it spin, like whacking people's toes and shit, launching it at the dog, launching it at the cat. Yeah. Mm That is so. (laughs) They're so good. Yeah, that and like Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. That was that was always a good time. All right, so what about, like, snacks? What what snacks, like, bring you back? Definitely wagon wheels. Wagon. Those were, like, the prizes of my school. Like, whenever you did something good, you would get a wagon wheel, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, whenever I see those, it brings me back. Yeah, Or, sure. like, Fun Dip. Or even, like, those Warhead candies. Those candies that get, like, really sour. Yeah. Those were big when I was in elementary. For me, like, I think, like, Dunkaroos, like, those were crazy. You remember those with, like, the cookie mm. and the... And then also, like, the you know those gumball machines at, like, hockey rinks that you, like, shoot the gumball and it goes between, like, and it gives, gives you, like, a different prize depending what part of it you hit at the end? Yeah. Plinko, I think it was called or something. I don't know why that... Mm. That's not even really... It's just, like, a gumball, but that just... Res- something that i remember well so i'll give you guys my top my top three right now yeah do so it. top so top three uh fruit gushers yes the, uh, my mom never bought them the more so like this the, the mat like the big version of, of the uh of the fruit roll-up like it would turn into like a big like almost like napkin a fruit roll-up not like a not like a not like a ten, you didn't like not, the fruit by the foot i like fruit by the foot and everything it's, it's nice having 10 feet of fucking like fruit candy right there but also there were added benefits to just getting like the more like napkin shaped ones because mm-hmm. those ones came with like tattoos you could put on your tongue. They had like cool, cool designs in it. And overall the flavors for those ones were, were just better because it was also, it was also a, it was also a thicker cut of the candy. Never had them. Yeah. I and then my last one is, and you guys might, you guys probably will remember these. I hope you guys do. Mm-hmm. It were those, it were, it, it was those white rabbit milk candies. Oh my God. I oh, used to love those. So good. Yeah. Most commonly found yes. at the dry cleaners owned by an asian lady <laughs> you could always find yeah. there and you were yeah. guaranteed to have a good snack yeah i feel like for me I, I remember like when i think about my little like lunchbox i remember like i loved like goldfish welch's fruit snacks scooby snacks like you remember the little like greeny blue package with all the scooby yeah oh those were like that was the best to get in your little in my little lunchbox so like what about school, guys? Like, what did you guys do at lunch? Like, in elementary school? Because, like, I remember when I, at elementary school, I would I would walk around and see, like, so many different groups of people doing different things. There'd be, like, a soccer game every lunch. Or, like, you yeah, know, some like, people, people playing reading, spike some ball. People... Or some people doing four corners. Some people reading. Some people playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Some people gossiping. Yeah. I was always playing bump. Like, always playing basketball. I think I was in the Foursquare crowd. I think, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know for I know for myself, I never really played much of the of that whole stuff, because a lot of my games we played, uh, it was more so like a team based thing. But mm-hmm. bump was definitely at the top of my list because that's actually something that I got introduced to when mm-hmm. I was when I was swimming. Mm-hmm. Did you play bump like in the water ever? No. So well, we we play water polo on. We play. We, I guess most, that's similar. We, we yeah. would play water polo we, at lunch. No, just like in oh, general. Okay. In general, like yeah, well, like on Saturday morning practices, we would play, we would play water polo, but it just kind of like devolved into like this 
deformed version of water polo where all the girls <laughs> would punch the guys in the face and they had their nails fucking done. So all these little girls are going at you clawing on your back. Oh, no, like legit, gosh. like us guys oh, yeah, and everything. I remember that. At least us guys that were like the bigger, tougher ones and everything on the on the swim team. We would mm-hmm. wall hop out of the water like damn near bleeding. There's like claw marks on our back and everything. Like I so I think like one girl bit a guy sometime just, oh, just for just, just for shits. Damn. Scott, what what about you, lunch? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, like going back to like actual like lunch in school and not just like general games um yeah i would like play bump and in my elementary school we had like we had hoops that were like maybe seven feet high mm-hmm. like maybe six and a half seven feet high mm-hmm. so like if you were tall enough you could dunk like if you were like a little bit taller than average you could dunk yeah and i like that game that was fun sweet <laughs> as it should be yeah i know Sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, for for myself and everything, another good another good one. I think you guys probably know this one too. Was man was manhunt. Oh. It's like basically like a giant I fucking tag and everything that. where you just you you pick off as many people as you can. They join your team once once they're caught and everything, and it's all looking for the one for the yeah, one final yeah, guy. Yeah. That game was like the pinnacle of my recess and lunch experience when I was in elementary because mm-hmm. it just allowed me. To let out like the inner primal psychopath <laughs> that I had and hunt people. Yep. And I would do. I had a really great way of doing it because I was always one of like the faster runners and everything. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I was all. I was always a fat kid, but I was really good at running just because it's the one physical thing that I actually did. So mm-hmm. I could just run for days. And so people would know. Like when they saw when they saw me, I would just start slowly walking, <laughs> like smiling at them, and they start screaming. And, they, and they'd start screaming because I know if they don't go now, I'm, I'm like I don't. They don't get. And if they don't get away while well, I give them the opportunity to, I'm gonna catch them. Yeah. Oh my yeah. yeah. So I, I like how you like give game. them some time to run away. I like it, that. It puts that, that scare factor. That's in part them. of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. It's like it's, it's psychological. Yeah. I can see what about that. what about you, Cameron? What did you do at lunch? I know you said you played like four four corners. Yeah, I think I was just like talking with people, playing like four corners. Like, I I mean, I like it's not honestly. Yeah, like playing basketball when I was around. I think it was more just like talking with people. I will say the elementary school that I went to, the all of the like structures and stuff, it was really like childish, so I wasn't doing anything like that. So yeah, like four square, just hanging out with people, talking to them, sitting on a swing, yeah, walking around, that kind of stuff, sitting on a hill. Discussing when you can hang out next. No, discussing how much <laughs> I want to leave the private schools. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I remember like, being at lunch and you'd just like be talking to your friends and you'd be like hey like do you want to hang out after school like oh what time no yeah and you have to discuss it all be before like, who's gonna ask whose mom like... yeah yeah exactly or like you'd have to get your mom to call their parents because like no one had cell phones yeah yeah yeah. it'd all be like landline mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. like i remember i got my first cell phone in like it must have been like 2010 2011 yeah and it was like this a flip phone that like yeah, I got an LG Rumor in grade six. Yeah, yeah, no, I had a flip phone, and I mainly used it to text, even though it was a flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had that many texts. I feel like I just like, I used it to like call. But yeah, again, I didn't even have that many minutes. You, know, it was like limited yeah. to like a hundred minutes. This many texts, like it was very. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. People no. today, kids today could not imagine living like that. Or like your parents would be like, you're only allowed to call me like... 100%, yeah. yeah. I remember that. What about nostalgic movies? Like for me, what comes up when I think about like my childhood and movies is like my family, we all... I think it was my dad and my three siblings and myself. The, we, I remember specifically going to a theater to see Shrek the Third. Shrek the Third. Shrek the Third. And we all got like those little kid like trays of popcorn that have the popcorn and the little candy and then the the drink that's all pushed in one little tray or whatever yeah and i remember sitting there and because like mike myers and i don't know who else is on it um, eddie Eddie murphy eddie murphy like because they're so funny too my dad's sitting there enjoying it as well and like oh god that was just like peak existence i remember how like fun that was Mm -hmm. doesn't Charlize theron play fiona i don't know i don't know that would i remember like hmm, like shrek was good shrek when i was, was younger fun. i used to watch like austin powers 
Austin Powers. Oh even God, Austin even when I was like really young. What about Mr. Bean? Yeah, Mr. Bean. Mr. Was Bean good. was gas. Yeah. My grandparents love Mr. Bean too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen the? Well, I don't know. You you guys probably have, but have you seen the original Jurassic Park trilogy? Yeah. The original the original three. I watched it when I was a kid. I think. Yeah, those, I definitely have seen it, but. I think I've seen at least like one or two. Tea. Like I didn't, I didn't. Like... I remember Jurassic World, the Disney World or Land or something. Oh too. man, yep. Th- those movies for me were something different because I, I was one of, the, I was one of the dinosaur kids when I was little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I find that they have like um, a sci-fi horror movie about dinosaurs and people are trapped in this park with it, You're with like, all perfect. this illegal government experiments and mercenaries going on, that was my shit back in the day. That mm-hmm. was my like, that was one of my favorite movie series. Aside from the Alien movies and the Predator movies, mm-hmm. yeah. like the original ones with like Schwarzenegger, and then with uh, Signa- Signory Weaver, that yeah. came out. Those, I, lo- I love those. Even like Terminator, y- Terminator, Terminator as well. Yeah, that was like, a good one. Not from for- our age when we were kids, but it was still a relevant thing when yeah. we were when we were mm-hmm. kids and all that. For me, like, I think I went like far back. I think like when I was, um. A kid, I definitely liked all those like yeah, like Disney type movies, like Beauty and the Beast, that and the Beast, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like as we got older, like I liked like Will Ferrell movies, like Elf, like that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I remember watching like Grown Ups, like the Cheaper by the Dozen series with I think it's like Steve Martin or something, yeah. Hilary Duff's in it. All these people, it's that was such a good series. And like then like Talladega Nights movies like that with my dad, <laughs> where it's like. A little bit too old but it was still funny because a lot of stuff went over my head but i still enjoyed it and that's yeah. like the beauty of will ferrell and like mm-hmm. even with adam sandler type movies those were yeah. what so i gravitated was, to just that kind of comedy back when we were kids because like we could kind of tell it was up but like our, and our parents 100 percent knew mm-hmm. and that was like that those movie those movies with like yeah you're right adam sandler uh will ferrell eddie eddie murphy all those like those classic like 2000s like com- comedy actors that kind of mm-hmm. that stuff was like at the top of its game for sure, it was so it was so entertaining watching watching that shit. Even even as a kid, like you don't even have to understand it to realize that it's funny. Hundred percent. It's good that it's a yeah. it's a yeah. really good quality comedy movie. Mm-hmm. I think we were also on Wayne's Brothers movies really young. Like I loved like White Chicks, but like there was this other movie called Dance Flick, and it was like a Wayne's Brothers comedy. And actually, when I watch it now, I'm like, how did anyone allow me to watch this as a, as a kid? Because it's so raunchy, but it's so fun. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. They didn't miss. Like, you're right. Like, it was, like, the peak time of movies when we were, like, growing up, getting a little bit older. Like, but And they I don't somehow, know. like, knew how to make a movie that would just go over the top of kids' heads, but would be like hilarious for and still enjoyable for yeah. them adults and yeah you know like it kind of it kind of does make sense like looking at looking at the guys who made those movies because they look and i'm pretty sure like they're all like they're all dads like they're all dads like mm-hmm. these guys producing and directing these movies so they know exactly how to make these jokes so like you it's like the jokes might be like for like an r-rated movie but they've worded it in such a way that you can take you can take your kids to go see that yep. film yeah mm-hmm. Yo, guys, something just came to my head. Like, Cars. First of all, Cars was, like, one of my favorite movies. But, like, I can't believe we haven't said... I mean, I guess now... I guess we weren't talking about movies, but now liaisoning into TV. Yeah. What's coming to my head is just Spongebob. Spongebob. Oh, yeah. I remember watching all the episodes of Spongebob. It never got old. Even now, it's still funny. But, like, what about you? You remember uh, Danny Phantom, like, and Fairly Odd Parents? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Fairly Odd Parents. Ben 10. Ben 10. That's my boy. For me, it's like Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was big on Hannah Montana when I was a kid, not going to lie. Of course you were. Mm-hmm. I mean, back way back, I was like Teletubbies. Me too. My brother liked Caillou, which was honestly creepy. I don't know. What, don't know what, what, what do you guys think about Caillou? This is like a real, honestly, stop everything. What do you guys think about Caillou? I think Caillou is one of the weirdest little skinheads I ever seen in my entire life. He's such a whiny little baby. I, I just know. I couldn't with him. I didn't understand. Like if my kid, oh. if my kid bitched that much, I'd shave his. <laughs> I'd shave his fucking head too. I feel like that's how they coped with him. They shaved every. Oh yeah. my god! Like he was so irritating. All he did was whine and complain. I'm like, oh my god! Like <laughs> no, I never really watched that. So you never saw Caillou? Not really. What about the Berenstain Bears? Did you guys see that? Yeah, the Berenstain Sometimes. Bears. <laughs> I loved the Berenstain Bears. That was my jam. They were good. Yeah, it was it was a pretty funny series, you know, for for our age. Mm-hmm. I was sure. uh, I was stuck in my my Game Boy and DS, so 
TV for me wasn't really at the top of my priority list yeah. as a little child. Fair enough. Now yeah. that I'm thinking, like, did you guys ever watch Popeye when you were a kid? No. Oh, I, I never, you I never guys were Popeye. missing out the Popeye. Oh, my, I don't know what his, like, enemy's name was, like, Brutus or something. Oh, and, like, Olive Oil was his love interest. Guys, it was so good. It's a must-watch <laughs> even now. Like, that was... Me and my brothers would be watching it all the time. He just... Watching him just, like, be defeated in the episode, eat a bunch of spinach, and then just do his thing. Popeye was a G. It was, that's a must-watch, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, right, def- I've definitely seen some funny some funny scenes from it, like, in, like, certain in certain memes that i've seen on 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 instagram so i no doubt i think it's gonna i think it's a, it was a pretty funny show yeah no it was good yeah. stuff it's also it's just classic like it's popeye disney i don't know i, I think don't know. i think paul i think could popeye be. might be a, feels I think like popeye it would is be a, a disney character i, I think it, it must have been scott can you fact check that for us yeah i can check it feels like it should be like i don't know it was that good i always found it really funny how spinach was his main thing and now when i get older <laughs> I look into like stuff like protein strength. Spinach actually is not even close to being a superfood or being like one of the the best one of the best green like leafy greens to have. It's different when you're Popeye though, I guess. It's different when you're Popeye, that man. I he, guess he runs on veganism or something like that. <laughs> okay, what about um, music? Like, what was your guys's? I mean, I'll start with mine, and then you guys could say yours. Like, first concert for me, like, um, mine was Weird Al. Do you guys know who Weird Al is? Of course. I know who Weird Al is. Weird yeah. Al Yankovic. I went there. I went to his concert in like Richmond, at the Hard Rock, with my cousin and my sister. And like, our seats were so good because my cousin was obsessed. And my aunt took us. That like he like came up to our row at one point. Like I seen him very close up, and like my aunt wanted to spoil us, so she got us all like concert shirts. But, like, I was, like, eight and really small, and she got me, like, an extra large, so my shirt was, like, down to my ankles, but, like, rocked it, and it was so much fun. Yeah. What about you guys? My first concert was Coldplay, and, like, I don't know, my family listened to a lot of older British stuff, like The Police, R.E.M., mm-hmm. etc., stuff like that, and so, like, I got into a lot of those kind of music when I was younger. I would just listen to, like, what my dad would listen to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Coldplay was like a big one for me when I was younger. Yeah, Sam. Because I'm not really being into music much when I was when I was young. You know, before my teenage years, I didn't go to my first music concert until I was 18, and the summer that the summer that we graduated. Yeah. So I mean, when I thought about like music that I listened to, I thought about like what was the playlist on my iPod Nano. You guys remember those? The mm-hmm. one that didn't have a screen that would like clip on to things. Yeah. Oh my god, I remember that so vividly. And for me, like, I think the artists on it were like Christina Aguilera, Kelly Clarkson, Miley Cyrus, Florida, Avril Lavigne, Avril Lavigne, Katy Perry, Rihanna, Nikki, Alicia Keys, Sierra, my aunt, my mom, my, or sorry, my aunt put me on to the Pussycat Dolls when I was younger, so I was really into them. I don't know. I remember all that vividly. Those were my jams when I was a kid. Yeah. For sure. Also, like, some Cheetah Girls songs and, you know, like, oh, school just go all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys sound like you had a good musical childhood and everything. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you hit it late. It's okay. Yeah. I, I, hit it, I hit it late, so I was very much behind on all, like, the trends and, like, certain categories of music. So, like, e- like even now, like, I'm going back and I'm listening to shit that mm-hmm. a lot of like whether it be rock or rap that a lot of our friends were listening to back when they were like when they were when we were kids and everything when they were like 12 like 13 14 years old the stuff that i, I just missed because i was so catching up on all on all the stuff from five years prior to kind of catch up on the trends and everything but now i'm actually at that point where i'm within the trends and i know what's up in the past and everything It's a lot of fun to look back on our good times and our memories from our childhood, but we can definitely recognize that growing up wasn't always easy, especially for those of us who faced discrimination or lived with disabilities. For the last part of this episode, we wanted to take a more serious turn and discuss some of the challenges we personally encountered while navigating our childhood and hardships in a different time than the children today. Yeah, so I got diagnosed with dyslexia when I was like six or seven. And initially I was going into a French immersion school. Yeah. And after I got diagnosed, they decided, my parents decided to put me into a more English school because of 
my dyslexia was affecting my learning abilities in languages. So they wanted to give me a more, a greater chance of success. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, so yeah, I went to this English school and they didn't really know what to do with me. So they put me in ESL, which didn't really make (laughs) any sense. But (laughs) yeah, so so I was in dyslexia, you're ESL. Yeah, I was ESL for like a year. I mean, I wasn't, but yeah, you were on paper, I guess. And then I got put into a program where like it was just only people with learning disabilities. So we had like a smaller class. Yeah. And that was cool because like it definitely helped being around people that like were similar in your abilities, but everyone on the outside didn't understand. So they would be like, why are you in smaller classes? Why are you dumb? Like Yeah, I remember people would always call those classes like the stupid classes. Like that it would just be like really like mean ways of viewing that. Yeah. And that's not even the class that I'm I was talking about because I was put into an ELAC class in elementary school. And then when I went to high school I was put into a something called the hand program, which was very similar, but with high school it's not like you don't do everything in one classroom, you like move around. Yeah. So it was like three or four classes like social studies, English, um, math, like a couple other things where we all were in the same classes. Yeah. So like most people didn't understand that we were learning the same stuff. It was just a smaller class. So we had more attention from the teacher. Yeah. Based off of like what you needed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when we think about like back then compared to now, it's like, I feel like disabilities or differences or whatever it is made or were less like accepted and more like made fun of and like um is ostracized the right word like you know just like magnified and like mm-hmm. made to define individuals like you would be defined by that you would be made fun of for that that would i don't know it was such a different time whereas now i feel you would just be supported and other people would be encouraged not to define other people and the the societal norms have changed but when we were kids it was more difficult well there's also like other things where people could judge you like for me when i was growing up or like anyone who's around my age um they would have to write everything by hand now with like this new age of technology people can bring their laptop and type and if i had that opportunity as a kid that would have been massive for me because i was taught how to type at a young age because Um, a teacher was like a teacher knew that my writing wasn't going to improve drastically so they wanted to give me opportunities in another way so they taught me how to type and I wasn't able to use it until like university or like later years in high school yeah well that's really like considerate of that teacher to take that upon themselves to help you like did you like mean meaning like on their free time or were they assigned to do that to you or they, like to help you type they were them. assigned for like a couple maybe like four select four or five select students in my school mm-hmm. where like every friday for like half the day they would just take us aside into like a a smaller room where they would just teach us to type or she would just teach us to type and yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's always a good it's always a good thing especially now with mo- with modern day school and is that's one of that's one of the biggest issues that i have with the school system or like at least like the public education system is proper accessibility to learning for all kinds of students and everything like students yeah. whether it be like regular regular students and everything or students with blatant dis- with like blatant disabilities whether it be mental 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 or physical no for sure yeah and i think like that's a good liaison into your part and what you want to say about like your experience with growing up and like living with you know your hardships so i think With you should go into shit. that go yeah ahead. no so for me it's a little bit different than scott's a little bit on the same page because they're commonly die they're commonly diagnosed as being the same as being the same thing or one might mistake one for the other and that was that i am just extremely high functioning autism and so mm-hmm. extremely with being extremely high functioning autism it means i have like 
it's not the worst it's not the worst it's not the worst for someone like me opposed to someone who has like extremely extremely high autism they're all like the very like low and high on the spectrum like they're like they're super high on on they're they're on the super high end of the spectrum for autism like there are some people like that who like even just now like my computer running in the back running in the back over there that would cause them a headache like that and it would be constantly playing it would sound like it's blaring out of a speaker the fact that you can see the mcdonald's sign like blaring like nice fluorescent yellow would start would start freaking them out every right. little detail their brain is gonna their, their brain is gonna pick up and it's gonna over process the point where it's gonna be too much information going too fast for their brain which results in them freaking out it's why a lot of people who are who do or who are on the higher end of autism they need someone to help them out and like the, and like the calm down like the like anxiety animals or like emotional support dogs and that kind of stuff because like even like the slightest thing can, can just go and set, can just go and set them off i just never realized I kind of, and I never really related to anything else going on around me. I just, I generally just naturally coded into me. I just did not give a single shit. Um, my, my, another, another struggle of mine was just like, I, I struggle, I struggle to focus on things relating back mm-hmm. to the fact that I just didn't give a shit about, about something. Because okay. one thing about people who are, who are artistic, I think no matter what in the spectrum is, I have my very select key interests and I don't really want to defer from that. I have my shit that I'm passionate about and that's what I want that's that's the same that's the road that I want this that I want to stay on. Mm-hmm. And so when it come when it comes to like high school or when it comes to elementary school all the different topics we were getting taught I just simply could not bring I couldn't like it physically hurt my head to try and care about other about other topics that just didn't interest me. Yeah. So like for like for writing I I couldn't I couldn't care less for math I couldn't care less for science I couldn't care less for certain things I just I just could not care less and so for me that was a big obstacle because it was <clears throat> trying it was just it was just kind of like teaching myself to actually give a shit just to make it through like the bare minimum. Yeah. Did yeah. you notice oh, like did you notice that there were some things that you just could not do at all and there was other things that you just loved doing like especially in school like were there classes that you were like super excited for? Honestly, I was never excited for any class, and that didn't just have to do with the material. It also had to do with not even like shop or anything. Shop was the one that I enjoyed, because obviously I'm in I'm in trades now, and I got into that when I was in grade ten or grade eleven. So yeah, shop I enjoyed because for me, my main thing is being physical and just working with my hands and just like building, like building, like putting shit together. Mm-hmm. So for me, shop was perfect. You know, to send me in there and I'll I'll try and figure out. I didn't. I don't think I had a single day where like I wasn't like. I wasn't happy to be there whereas like I want to give up on this project. I mm-hmm. wanted to, I wanted to work at it like regardless, you know, it's it's the classes that came afterwards like having to go to math or science or social studies or English. I just generally I generally didn't care I generally just did not care about that kind of stuff. Did How you, often did you like feel overstimulated as a kid? It was it was a lot. I think I, I more so noticed it probably when puberty when puberty started and like the hormones just started going everywhere cuz it's for a few, it's for a few, it's for a few factors and everything. It's because a I'm getting older, more hormones and everything, so things are so shit's ramping up, so shit's ramping up in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the fact that I wasn't really socialized like to the in, in the way that a city kid should have been socialized back before high school. So going to the high school, I knew I knew like nobody, like everyone from every single school knew everyone, and now I'm just out there like kind of in the dark, like like who are these people? Like why is everyone getting along? And I'm just like here chilling, like I don't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. And then. I'd say the next, the next, the next thing was that also relates back to what Scott said before was the teachers. It was the administration. Mm-hmm. I hated 90% of the teachers in high school. You don't make the content engaging and you kind of just go off and you shit on the students if, it, if they don't go your way. So that was my big thing because I didn't like people trying to rule over me because I was just one of the things that irritated me. Well, two things. Do you think that, what percentage of that do you think was like, because you didn't know exactly what you had that like held you back from getting that help and do you think that like help in the schools would be better now like kids would have more support for these issues now like i think now i think nowadays they're definitely becoming a lot more open to ch- to children and kids with, di- with disabilities and finding a more efficient way a more efficient and, friend- and friendly way to approach to, appro- to approach it i think back then if i had known that's more of a that's more of a personal thing where that would have been up to my parents to actually get their heads out their ass and tell me, but they didn't choose to do that until I was 22. So mm-hmm. I think you know that's more of a question like how how am I going to turn back time and get to that point? Because I think if I if I did know, yeah, you know, 
I'd always known something was kind of up. I'm like, there's no way I'm, I'm functioning like a normal kid. Like the amount of like the amount of shit that I say and like I just don't relate to other people's bullshit. You know, there's yeah. definitely something going on with me. So as I got older, I started looking into it more, and I started seeing like similarities between my behavior and this behavior that was a under like ADHD category, or, like autism, or like maybe like depression and that and that kind of stuff. So I'm looking, I'm looking into this stuff and at least like doing to like the best of my abilities to figure this shit out. Yeah. Um. So I feel like if, if I had, if I had at least known back then, I probably would have done my own research because it's something that actually like you know it's kind of uh, it's it's something that stresses me out a lot, and yeah. I just wanted to kind of find a way to like make it stop. Like I wanted to I wanted to I wanted to know like why does like having casual conversation with people that I even know hurt my head? Why mm-hmm. does looking at a, a math problem that's as simple as plugging in two numbers why does that hurt my head so much and bring me physical pain? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, definitely if I had known back then, I would have done a bit, a bit of my own research and actually kind of looked into like, hey, like, you know, at least like I have an understanding of what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's my, that's my, that's my opinion on it. <clears throat> so I, like me and, me and Sam kind of have like a similar ish experience. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're both like in the learning dis- disability like category, I guess. But I know like Cameron, you definitely had a different experience yeah so like i want to hear about your experience i mean like for me uh, what comes to mind with like hardships in childhood was like discrimination like racial discrimination and like yeah in different ways like more like microaggressions like when i compared to like the generation before me and the generation before that their experiences were definitely a lot more in the forefront a lot more like candid like you know people weren't really holding back what they felt to the full extent or at all mm-hmm. whereas now like i feel i grew up around like you're in predominantly right predominantly white sports schools all of that so i felt not like discriminated against at all points but definitely forgotten at a lot of points and i think like you know for me i played ice hockey it definitely I remember like racial slurs being said to me feeling isolation from the other like predominantly white players Mm -hmm. because I was just different than them I had different family different background you know I feel the slurs were one thing like being called names by people that from opposing teams that didn't know you were one thing but like feeling that sense of deep like isolation or like difference from everybody else was definitely what was more painful yeah so it just like, you know, it ultimately does make you feel different than everyone else on the team who's not being called those names because they aren't that skin color. And like for me, I mean, that's sports and that's one thing. And I think school was different. And as I said, like school was more of the side of like being forgotten. Like I feel like I was viewed as someone who like wouldn't fit into groups because of my skin color, but not necessarily like given the chance to show who I actually was, but just seen as like, well, you don't like fit, you know, you just don't look like you fit in, you don't. That's, like, what I felt in, like, high school, in late elementary school. Obviously, when I was a kid, I actually, I think it was, like, fine. And I, I mean, if it was there, I didn't notice it. My parents took care of it, I suppose. But, like, mm-hmm. I think when I got older, and, I, again, I was at predominantly white schools, I felt that sense of isolation where it's, like, mm-hmm. all of the brown girls or, you know, I mean, there wasn't really... Yeah, all of the Asian girls, I'll say, because that's really the only minorities that were at my school at the time kind of stick to one side do your own thing yeah i i mean i felt that deeply minus like a few girls that were different i felt more pushed into that in a lot of ways and i feel like i had to change parts of myself or like fabricate and i know this is an experience with like other girls that were at this school that they felt were like they changed themselves they almost like whitewashed themselves in a sense Mm -hmm. to feel like they would fit in to be liked and all of that and i i don't know if i did that necessarily but i I knew that there wasn't that it would be beneficial at times and that is like really saddening yeah and it's like it's disappointing for sure and I know like now like how like your experiences with other kids in your grade Mm -hmm. how was it with like authority figure figures authority figures like did they treat you differently did did you feel like um honestly no I feel like because I was raised like in the 2000s right in Vancouver I think it was like pretty good about not being treated differently for the color of my skin at least like I mean Mm -hmm. I did play boys hockey when I was young and I'm 
a, a girl, so I definitely felt treated differently by authority figures in that because, like, I remember playing for a boys' team a full season, and then they didn't want to give me a trophy at the end because they're like, I mean, you're a girl, or you're technically... Mm-hmm. Like, just being, like, discarded because of my gender and not seen for my work ethic where I was, like, sc- one of the top scorers on the team and not, you know, just being ignored <laughs> because I'm a girl. So I felt that from authority figures in that sense. But, like, mm-hmm. race? No, not really, That's honestly. True. But, like, I don't know. I think uh, the other side of that is, like, I didn't feel the sense of belonging with the, like, white community that I was around. I didn't feel like my community was represented or like, you know, I didn't feel that sense of like, and there was a space for me to properly belong anywhere. And I feel like also growing up and like learning, you know, going to social studies and like learning about all of the people that had been in positions that I want to be in one day. Like I remember noticing that like, I wasn't really seeing people that looked like me, like women that looked like me, people of color, women of color in power or in positions that I wanted throughout my childhood and it made me aware like at a young age that I was up against different odds than the other people around me yeah and there wasn't as much representation for you yeah I think that was like race and gender for me like I just felt like I knew what my odds were and I knew that there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me and the roles that I wanted so that I kind of yeah the odds were like against me and I knew that that was something I was going to have to work X amount of times harder than, you know, mm-hmm. my white counterpart or whatever it was. And, like, I think it made me feel like the odd one out in a lot of settings. And, like, it was hard to, like, lean into that reality and accept that just because of the color of my skin or just because of my gender, I'm going to have a harder time than Todd over here or, you know, Je- <laughs> Jennifer over here or whatever. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it was hard for me as a kid to really accept that. But I will say, like, my parents did a really good job of having those conversations with me and empowering me instead and being like, okay, yes, it's difficult, but if you do attain it, imagine like how good it's going to feel when they, when, you know, Mm -hmm. no one can tell you anything. Like when eventually you get to that position where your achievements speak for themselves and, you know, it's not anyone's place to tell you who you are because you can't be you know what i'm you know what i mean yeah do you feel like the idea that you had to work harder has put you in a position where you'll have all these strengths because you've worked so hard growing up that like you know like you're a really good writer like you know how to manage school for sure because like i feel like i grew up around a lot of people who treated certain tasks as an option where I felt it was an obligation to be the best but it wasn't like somebody was forcing me and sitting there saying this is an obligation I just deeply wanted it and yeah now like I do have a skill set that I've attained from that of like being able to independently like yeah do my own writing Mm -hmm. do my own research start up kind of what I want to start up know what to yeah like I, I just feel you know or like endure a lot or you know, be resilient through tough times and still, like, come out on top. Learning that failure is not an option has really, like, changed my ethic, my work ethic, and, like, made certain things in my head just feel mandatory. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm happy for that because I think that's going to take me pretty far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder, in your own head, maybe you've run this through your head a few times, you know, seeing yeah. with the isolation and, like, social exclusion that you face and everything... How do you think? How do you think your experience would have differed if the rules if the rules were reversed? If say you were what if if you were a white person, how do you think your experience would have would have would have varied in comparison to how to how to how it went for yourself now? Like it would be a little bit better and also a little bit um, worse because, mm-hmm. as I said before, like I might not have such a strong worth work ethic or like mm-hmm. a desire to succeed if I didn't feel like odds were stacked against me. But at the same time. If I was a very hardworking person by nature and I was a white man or a white girl, whatever, I feel, you know, I would my opportunities would be through the roof compared to maybe oh, yeah. the odds I'm up against. Or like it would be easier for me to get through doors. Yeah. Um, because of that. But at the same time, I honestly can say I don't feel deeply resentful for that in like a career sense because I'm willing to do the work to prove that I am at that level and like 
I don't really mind as you know I'm more leaning towards the positive side where it's like yeah. if I didn't have these obstacles I wouldn't be this I wouldn't have the strength or this ability so exactly. I'm actually yeah. happy for the seat I'm sitting in but yeah it's good and it's good to see someone like someone like you take that negativity that was thrown at you and turn it mm-hmm. around into positive energy to help motivate yourself forward and become the person who you are today yeah thank you and you can you can definitely tell how much you've been through and how much you've grown by the way you present yourself and the way you can formulate ideas and express yourself thank you this is nice guys i appreciate it that concludes this episode of after the smoke clears We hope you've enjoyed our discussion about childhood nostalgia and navigating discrimination and disability while growing up. As always, a big thank you to our listeners for tuning in and supporting our podcast. We couldn't do it without you guys. Be sure to follow us on social media where you'll find all the latest updates, episode releases, and behind-the-scenes glimpses. Don't forget, you can also send us your questions or comments via direct message on Instagram at AfterTheSmokeClearsPodcast. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening to After the Smoke Clears, and we'll see you soon.